Hi everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of Legacy Hardcast. I'm Jason, joined as always with... Hardcast? Legacy Hardware! I like that now! (laughs) (laughs) We're 20 seconds into the show, we already have a mistake. That sucks, but anyhow, I'm Jason, joined with always with... Join with always as... Join (laughs) with Lance and James. You guys want to say hi? Hey. Also, shout out to Devin, who's in the background. He's just kind of chilling out. He's one of the other members of our playgroup. You want to say hi, Lance? You want to be a... Oh, no. uh, I I thought the fact that I've already announced myself, everybody... Okay, backdoor, Charlie. Thanks for cutting me off. (laughs) So, this week, we have some stuff to talk about. We do have a little bit of feedback to go over. However, not very much. We do have two tournament results to go over this week. We're going to go over the Star City Games 5K. Where where was it that this week? It was in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. And we will also go over the Jupiter Games Vestial Tournament for 40 40 duels. So, what do you guys want to kick us off with anything? Um, I like... uh, I watched um, the Indianapolis 5K totally blowing off my actual work duties. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, found it to be quite interesting with a top eight that was loopy at, at you know at the least you can say it was a loopy top eight, but we'll get into that later. And uh, yeah, some comments you want to start us off with, James? Oh man, I I need some legacy to come around. This extended stuff's just starting to eat on me. Yeah, I think we're all getting <laughs> burned out from that stuff. So yeah, we'll go over some feedback here. We didn't get a whole lot. We maybe got five worthwhile. Comments to talk about. We got a couple of things. One was from your own. Your own asked us maybe to do something on the discussion of Storm. He wanted us to maybe have a little conversation about the Storm haters and the Storm lovers, the two sides of the story. This is something I don't know if it's really relevant within the community right now um, because people, I don't think there's not as much animosity towards Storm since we've had broken mechanics like Cascade come out since then. It's it's still there though. People people don't like storm. Yeah. Well, if we had to throw out a couple of the most broken mechanics of all time, what do you think they would be? Uh, dredge. Dredge. Okay. Um. I don't know. I have to think about this a little bit. Banding. No. Banding. <laughs> if anybody knew how it worked. Um. I, I I think cascade is probably up there. Cascade when you can cascade into like. Hypergenesis. When you can, or, when you can expand your whole entire uh, spell, when you uh, get two cards it, for one card yeah. every single time, it's just oh, or hypergenesis, or now we've seen an extended dread return, which I don't think not dread return, um, uh, living end, living, living end, end yeah. which I don't think we'll see a whole lot of in Legacy. It's just too slow. Right. Unless they have a way to empty a bunch of stuff into their... But Hypergenesis and Legacy is actually quite doable. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people have been trying it out. But we'll see these extended deck lists transition or whatever right. in Legacy, like we always do, like James was talking about the Thopter combo making its way into Legacy. Because uh, James played Thopter at our last PTQ. Uh, dude, that's the deck. Yeah, You know, you can say that Land still is that 101 deck for, for uh, Legacy... Blue White Thopter is that 101 deck and extended. I tied so many times, but yeah, whatever. Uh, on a funnier note, um, saying as how Jason and Lance both said that Cascade was kind of you know up there, they're the ones that play Jund. I'm not. Uh, we can <laughs> do the unfair things and still complain about it. I was gonna say, I mean, uh, me complaining about. Storm is not going to stop me from dumping 14 goblins with Empty the Warrens. Oh, yeah. Well, see, no. So you're an American, so therefore your oh, yes. version of Storm is Charbelcher. Charbelcher! And whereas, like, whereas the European version of Storm is Ant. A.K.A. Joe Camelthel. Did he play Ant? I don't know. I think he did. I don't know, but it was Euros yep. in their hands. He probably just brought Jace Raider, you know, he's playing House of Mines and... <laughs> Fox. Uh, well, let's keep standard out of it. No, no, I was talking about Legacy. But, <laughs> <laughs> so we do have Storm, and people did complain about Storm a whole lot. Do they really do that anymore, though? Not not really. Stifle, Force Will. Yeah. There's yeah. ways around it. That's the thing. With Cascade, you're always going to get one card, unless you double negative or double counterbalance. What's our card that we always talk about? Mind Break Trap? 
Mind break pretty, trap. Mind break good. trap. That's, that's pretty good against Dude, Storm. they're uh, apparently they might be jumping up in price because of the Indianapolis. Hey, you might you have heard to check it here that first. Real quick. Get, get your mind break no, trap. No, they didn't hear it here first. But <laughs> <laughs> it just it started off. Uh, it did start off pretty expensive and went down. Uh, the the um, the thing about the thing of that I, I've noticed about Storm is a lot of people just don't know how to fight it. Mm-hmm. Like especially newer players. Uh, they don't understand the the in and outs of the fact that they'll they'll sandbag counter spells for it, and that just ain't gonna help them with it. Uh, to a point, I mean, if, especially in the case of Ant, if you counter the ad nauseum, it, right? You need to know what to counter, yeah, and not you know just half ass it. Um, uh, and that's always been a problem for me with counter spellbacks is learning which com- whenever the combo is going off, learning what to go after because it, it's even about the same the same in char belcher because you don't know if they're going to drop the char belcher or not, and you want to see how far you can push yourself to running out their hand. I think uh, I think if they run the desperate ritual out there with like one or two cards in hand, like I think that's when you just counter that. Right, right, right. Because most likely they stack like Tinder Wall or they see things long. Like if they're trying to generate an, an absorbent amount of mana, mana, then I think that's when you try to just mana, count. mana, potato, potato, tomato, merfolk, merfolk. It's merfolk, merfolk, mer. Okay, we're not getting it. like gold, frankincense, and yeah. Okay, we, we've got that. Anyhow, but mind break trap is still at the same price it was last week, so we were wrong. But that's besides the point. We did get some other comments, so we'll get off the we'll get off the storm discussion for now. We did get one comment from a guy named Thor, which is a pretty Thor. Thor, one that of, is a badass name. One of the guys who joined the Facebook group is named Storm. So Thor has to say uh, he really liked the podcast and he liked where we were going with it, though. But he thought our deck names were a little bit off. He thought we got some of our combos perhaps confused. But first thing he talked about is Angel's Thompy is an, he said is an old mono white tome aggro deck that has added blue more recently that being said it does resemble no goy slash blue white tempo your combo names are kind of iffy too Iggy Pop is not really used too often anymore I know I know but it's I use Iggy Pop to reference ill-gotten gains and not the old ill-gotten gains combo to, and, and to be fair it is still relevant that like I mean like like it wasn't it just in Madrid well, that's not Iggy Pop. The old Iggy Pop combo is you chain uh, ill-gotten gains uh, in your graveyard. Oh, yeah. Ant, Ad Nauseam Tendrils. We know we, we know what that is. We discussed right, that right. quite a bit. The Epic Storm. He said, use Red for Burning Wish slash Empty the Warrants, which I think we know as well. There's also Doomsday, which we, we talked about the last podcast. Doomsday, though, I think he's talking about the old Doomsday, where it was... Uh, um, uh, Disciple of the Vault combo. Actually, he's talking about the new one with the Ad Nauseum Tendrils okay. hybrid. That's okay. the one he's referencing. Yeah. Obviously, he uses Doom Day as a secondary kill. That's yes. what he's uh, mentioning. That being said, he said he looked forward to our next podcast, which is happening Thank now. You. And by the way, everybody, just to explain why we went in the one-week hiatus, there was one week where nothing happened in Legacy. At so all. we had nothing to talk about. We could have done a Death Tech, and that would have been about it. It would have been about 20 minutes, and it would have been 40 minutes of us talking about extended PTQs, which would have thrown some Bore, people Bored people a lot. It's not what we're here to do. So right. we decided to put it off a week, and we decided to come back on a time when we had something to talk about. Now, also, he mentioned that legacy sideboards are one of the parts of the game that I really struggle with, and I don't think I'm alone, and it might be a good topic. So it's something we definitely will look at for legacy sideboards. Well, sideboards in general. Everybody in struggles general. with sideboards. Hell, even I'm bad at sideboards. Even Lance Even God. I'm bad at sideboards. <laughs> no, especially me. I am the worst at sideboards. The thing is with Legacy, the sideboards vary so much if you're going first and second. If you look at a lot of the newer formats, you do have the standard sideboard no matter what you're playing. But with Legacy, if you're playing blue, if you're going uh, second, a lot of times the days has come out second. If you're right. playing second, if you won the first game. So that's a little something different about Legacy. It's something we will hit up later on, I believe. It's a good topic for a slow week, so definitely something we can talk about. But And what else do we have for... Not a whole lot. Otwell, Chris Otwell, the MTG cast runner. 
guy. He said just a note yesterday, which would have been March 5th, Aaron Forsythe, who is the director of R&D at Wadsey, tweeted the following statement. Doesn't 2200-plus at Madrid lend credence to the idea that Legacy could be a PTQ format? And we've been talking about this a little bit already. What do you guys have to say to that? Bring it. I want to do it. Uh, however, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the perennial PTQer, but I like going to the PTQs whenever they do come up around our area because it is another tournament to play. And, and I just love playing Magic. And it's that shot at the blue envelope. That too. It's uh, yes, I, I wouldn't mind getting my one shot at the Pro Tour. Probably would do absolutely horrible. We'd do like the kid who'd been playing Magic for six months and made the Pro Tour, where he went zero and seven day one or something like that. <laughs> hey, I'd be fine with that. You're still in the Pro Tour. That's that's the point. But with Legacy, what issues would arise, James? Do you think that would come out of a Legacy PTQ format? Uh, well, I really don't know. I've in the past couple of years, if you looked at Legacy, it's a lot of stuff that's come out of just Shards Block and uh, Zendikar that's affected Legacy drastically. And let's see, Shards, you had um, you had uh, Quasali. Yeah, that was the Lar Reborn. Oh, oh uh, yeah, I'm talking Block. Oh, okay. You had you had that. You had Progenitus. I mean, Wild and the Cattle. Wild, oh, yeah, Wild and the Cattle. Like, let's let's talk about how many Zoo players like found that card and went, "Oh my god." Wild and the Cattle was probably the most powerful card to come out of that four legacy. It's funny to notice, though, that out of all the legacy decks, all of the creature bases are standard or extended creature bases, and all of the spells are legacy or the beyond pre-Kamigawa. Shows the the creature power creep that's been going on it, for it doesn't few years. Not only the creature power creep, but the spell decrease when they're shifting the focus of the game. Right. Something we've talked about already in the past. But yeah, no, I mean, like, look at Ant. <laughs> Ad nauseum. Like, everybody looked at that card and was like, oh, that's cute. And then, you know, then the, the Tendrils players are like, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna use I, this now. I think I can get five mana pretty easily on turn three. With 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 some way of blocking you. <laughs> I mean, even, even, I can even say Zendikar was pretty good for for uh, fetches, fetches. Uh, the enemy color fetches hat uh, helped. I'm not not as popular anymore, but Canadian. Uh, actually, I think that makes that deck a little bit the, better. The fetches, the enemy fetches. Yeah, a little bit because you can play your uh, um, you can play your off. You can play a basic. You can play the basic lands. The three of them. I, mean, I don't lands. think they do anyways, but I mean you can uh, do that whenever they're going into a wasteland heavy meta. They'll they'll play that. Yeah, and I mean, like, like look at Iona. Iona's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Iona seems like it's it's a pretty good card. I'm I'm not sure though. Maybe maybe we need some more decks with Iona in them to tell us if it's a good card or not. Blood Blood Gas Dredge. Uh, I mean, Undiscovered Paradise. I think was a dirt cheap card for a long time, and now look at it. Right before it spiked, I was going to buy them at like two bucks a piece. Yeah. And it, then it spiked to $17, and I wasn't touching it. Oh, you lost out. <laughs> but I that's had no the, reason to. That's the way Magic goes, though. There's so much fluctuation right. in the well, price that's of the, the cards. Well, that, that's the only problem I can see with the PTQs, is it's going to up the price again. It, it's going to up the price even more, unless they do something about it before the PTQs. Which, Aaron Forsythe mentioning this, leads me to believe they may have cracked the code on what they want to do. Right, right. Which which means that they're going to they if they're going to bring this format to the front to a spotlight, they're going to have to at least support it for the newer players so that they can get into it. Yeah, if they if they run off like a like a recent, I'm still thinking like something like the Masters Edition would be like great. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy it. I draft it. That'd be fun to draft. Yeah, it could be supported as that, but not like not included in Type Two because you know we're. It would be just like some of the stuff. Just thinking about some of the like awesome legacy cards in Type Two sounds really cool. When we're complaining about Cascade, like I, it would just become way too busted. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see. Standard would be too busted with Force Will, but Mas- Master or Master's Edition is a great idea. I, I didn't think about doing that in yeah. real life. Sealed. That's, that's a, lot a neat people, idea. A lot of people have been talking about it, doing it like. Uh, uh, if you remember Chronicles, mm-hmm. doing like a Chronicles release, like it make them all white bordered, 
so that so that they're not as aesthetically pleasing as the as the black borders, so that it keeps the black border prices up. Ultimately, that's what they need to do. As right. Well. You know what the great thing though is a little bit of a selfish notion, which I'm willing to admit. If they did legacy PTQs, I gotta think the number would be smaller. <laughs> I gotta think maybe it, it would be they'd have a hard time busting a hundred, which would be easier for people to make it out to. They do extended, and extended isn't really that popular. I mean, at our at our extended PT, there there were 109 people. I thought there was no, 109. Okay, yeah. there were 109 people because somebody had to buy. Yeah, Joe was, had to buy. Joe yeah. had the one buy. <laughs> but yeah, that that's one thing I think they should think about. Just uh, maybe toy with outing extended it's not a very popular format it's something that they could do away with and feasibly replace it almost exactly a legacy I don't know if they'll ever do away with extended actually if you want it I have this theory and this might just you know be my own like in my head like conspiracy I don't think Watsy's gonna ever let extended die they saved the zoo will be around forever somehow when Ravnica rotates there will be Noodles. We'll they saved the fetches when they went. They're saving Mirrodin next set when Mirrodin rotates. It's that's it's, when a format becomes stagnant, and it's not good that way. They uh, the the one thing Watsi has kind of proven by doing this is that they want extended to be legacy light, and which means it's just combo because it doesn't right because they don't have the the way of blocking combo, i.e., force of will. From, you know, being so dominant. And yeah. speaking of Forza Will, I don't know if you all heard about this, but I was checking out the MTG, the Source Community Board. I have told you two about it, but just to all the listeners, it looks like they're running a legacy tournament on Magic Workstation without Force of Will just to see what the legacy tournament would be, or just to see what the legacy metagame would be like, i.e., Ad Nauseam Tendrils and Goblin Char Belcher. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll run. Goblin Charbelcher without the Xanted Swarms in the side. Give me more tech. <laughs> Let's do it. But really, like, that's what it would boil down to, don't you think so, James? I definitely ad nauseum just, like, it would wreck house all day. It just seems like it would be, that's all it could be. There's nothing stopping, the, you know, the one combo piece. There's nothing countering the ad nauseum. Yeah. And ad nauseum could probably uh, shirk the blue for more, like, uh, more stable mana bases. Yeah, because they wouldn't have to run the bounce spells. Yeah, screw you know, screw this chain to vapors and the you know what whatever else they run to mm-hmm. protect their combo. Go right for it. You know, go for the throat. That's what all of them are going to see, do. See, I'd run actually if if I if I played in that uh, tournament, I'd run green white haterator and ate out the combos with like uh, um, the um, uh, ether sworn cannonist, Gadok Teague. Um, and rule of law, I just play rule of law main deck because I because I'd be walking into all that. That is what you'd have to do. Control would just take another embodiment. It wouldn't be as versatile, right? But it would just be a deck designed solely for the purpose of defeating another deck, right. and that's all that would be. And it seemed that seems like a weak format because then we right. get back into the old Mirrodin standard of Mirrodin and or Affinity and Tooth and Nail. I do want to see what that tournament ends up being or looking like. I actually want. Uh, I would love to play in that tournament. Maybe, maybe I can get a spot in that and see see what would happen. I think it'd be open to everybody. But if it, I don't know if it already happened or not, I haven't seen anything on it. But for the for our contacts over there at MTG, the source like Mmog, Forbidian, get sick and die on your own. Uh, whenever that thing happens, let us know so and let us know the results of what happened because that would be pretty sick to see what happened over there. It'd be pretty crazy. Right. I, I, it would be combo centric, I think, but your idea of running Atherstorm Candidus and things like that does have some merit. Dude, you you might be able to bring High Tide back if without force. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, is High Tide fast because, enough? You think? Oh yeah, it, it, it's um, force will wreck. Well, it. the the cool thing about high, high Tide is if you're playing the Solidarity version, you play off their spells, and they're probably playing a combo back too. You could probably combo them after they combo you. You know what could be played? Legacy Hive Mind. (laughs) Just like show show and tell show and tell Hive Mind. Yeah, that'd be pretty hot. That's That's tech. 
I have no clue why nobody ever has even thought about doing that. Because they just rather run Dream Halls. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to build Show Show and Tell Hive Mind and see how it works. Build it up, and if it's under ten proxies, maybe I'll run it at the tournament on Friday if I'm not doing anything yeah. at our local tournament. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Oh man, that Show now that now the gears are grinding. Oh yes, man, now the oh, gears yes. are grinding. Because you can make that you can make that shit mono blue. Yeah, you that's could. pretty good. That would be, <laughs> that would be, that would be nutty. That except, is a, except, except for that, maybe that maybe that turn one in tune, turn two Iona, maybe even turn one. Iona. That's probably well. Well, you have forces. You're playing blue. <laughs> but there wouldn't be any forces in it. No, oh, force. oh, and not oh, the no force yeah. one. However, at at our local tournament, you can play the forces. So. There always will be somebody playing the forces. <laughs> so I'm going to try that out now. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I've got myself working on that now, right in my head. So we need to get back on track here. We've we've gone far enough off track. Sorry about that, everybody. We're trying to. We really are trying to keep structure to it, but I think our personalities are getting in the way, and we're we're too free spirited, maybe. I don't know. But we have a lot. That's pretty bad for me to be a philosophy major and have a lack of structure. But so be it. Well, do you guys want to take a quick break and come back and talk about the tournament yes, results? So see you all in a bit. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Legacy Hardware. We're on to the second segment of the show where we go over tournament results. I know you're pumped. Eh, yay. Well, you guys think. Uh, Hot. Maybe a little bit. I did play laser tag tonight. It is the fro. Anyhow, so what we had to talk about, we have the Star City Games 5K. It's not that big. (laughs) It used to be. We had the Star City Games 5K to go over and the Vestial Tournament, like we said we were going to. And what do we have? Anything exciting? Oh, I know, Lance. Goblins made a second place appearance at Indianapolis. (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind of bittersweet. Uh, the the uh, the guy played very well up till the the top eight, and, and then he kind of snuck himself into the top top or into second place. Uh, no no um no bashing on him. He did a he did a very fine job, a very good choice for the meta, seeing as there was I didn't see barely any zoo show up at all. There was none in the top sixteen. No zoo in the top sixteen. That means uh, goblins. The big problem for goblins was always zoo With being a better yeah. yeah being a better aggro deck than them. It's an aggro back deck that doesn't have to overextend. Right, right. So, yeah. So what do we have here? Let me just go over the listing of the top sixteen. First place we have Chris Walteric with forty three land blue. Goblins in second place with Nicholas Montequia. Team America with William Nichols, Merfolk Sean Gray, Mono Black Control. Craig Wostrotsky, Landstill by Michael Burnett, a.k.a. Napstill, and Reanimator Jason Terry, Tesserator with Peter Smutko. I like that. Smutko. I like that name. That's a good name. Also, we have Merfolk by Joshua Cohen in ninth place, Joss Pennock with Countertop Survival in 10th, Char Belcher by Cedric, Cedric Phillips. Phillips in 11th place, <laughs> Evergreen by Joe Bernal in 12th place, Reanimator came in 13th under the pilot of Michael Trent. Nathaniel Love piloted Countertop Natural Order to 14th. Thomas Fair, 15th place with Merfolk. And David Glecker. Glec- yeah, Gle- Gletcher or Glecker with Team America. I believe 16th. it's Gletcher. Gletcher with uh, Team America in 16th place. So, nothing really exciting except we've seen two Team America. What are you decks. talking about? This is an exciting top eight. Is it I, the two the, Team America decks? Was just kind of interesting. We not in seen top eight though. They were one in top, in top sixteen. Eight. Yeah, there was one in top eight. The top eight was eight different archetypes. That's true. Mono black control, or as Erte the Knight would have it, or Legacy Erte the White, Legacy Vampires, Legacy Vampires, <laughs> and it was not vampires. It just happened to play some vampires in it. Six. Uh, six vampires, yes. So, not even enough to call it tribal. With Nevi's Disc. Yeah, Nevi's Disc, that's an interesting choice. So, James, how about you pick a deck? You want to pick a deck to go over that you thought was interesting? Uh, you know what? 
let's just go over the forty-three land blue because I think that I think what the uh, uh, Chris Walteric Chris Walteric probably is gonna change what 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 this forty-three land deck is gonna look like. He uh, he dumped he dumped all the uh, red from his deck. He's not playing gambles anymore, and he's going for more uh, Teleria West, and he's playing Mind Slaver Lock in it, which it's just brutal. It's I mean like it's and with the recursion of Academy Ruins, it's just, it's so good. It's ridiculous. It's ten times better than what you're doing and your mom. No. <laughs> Chris Walteric, I believe, did pretty well at another Star City He's Games been, event. Yeah, he has actually done a few of them top aided with a forty three land deck. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. Um, we have? Of course, his old versions were pretty much the box standard version. He's been working on it for a while. He got second place at the Charlotte, North Carolina, with forty three land. He got um, seventh place at the Philadelphia one where you were. Where yes, you were. Yep. With 42 land, so big oh, difference. Oh, okay, one land difference. Ooh. But what James is saying here, it's nice to see this evolve a little bit, this deck evolve. Yeah, it seems it seems actually like a pretty stagnant deck. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I personally, I would have just preferred for it not to be there. It's, I guess it's a good enough deck. It seems pretty good. It, that's one of the decks I have a problem with because it it seems to break the fundamentals of Magic. You know, whatever. But it, there's no reason that anybody should be with lands. That's just wrong. Play Zoo. <laughs> That's a joke. By it, the way, it's, it's a, a good deck, joke. though. It's a good. De- it's a really when it has uh, so many fine-tuned deck and, and all the all the all its answers for things are so hard to answer themselves because all they are are lands. To be fair, I really want to know why people don't for this deck at all. I I honestly don't understand either. I mean, the Goblin guy should have known that there were going to be land decks because they've been very popular as of late. And he seems to be a good player. I mean, didn't he just win win PA States? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was so, that Chris Walteric? No 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 no, 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 no. The guy who's playing Goblins. Goblins. Yeah, he did. Oh, really? Yeah, he won PA States the, uh, when you with, guys went with John Butler. Well, the PA States was seven Jund and one Junk. Yeah, that was so. It wasn't really. But the, the thing is, is that like he he's had to known a little bit. I mean, I, I maybe not because I mean, I like the boar tusks out of board, but like I, I I just look at them and I see I could have seen there's so many times that he drew the uh, he drew the boar tusk liege in the finals, and I looked at it. It was like if it would have been price of progress instead of that, he won. He won right oh, yeah. there, like. Drop there were so many games where I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this, and it's like uh, all all goblins has to do is play its game and then draw a price of progress, and it wins. Uh, I mean, even as a goblins player, if I was going into a meta game like that, and I know it's at least going to be around, I'd have Magus of the Moon or or Blood Moon or something. He did. He didn't have anything for non basics. It seems like, and I, I don't want to discredit him because obviously he. Did well enough for one by life total rules or whatever he had to do to get to top, you know, the, the finals. But like, it just seems like maybe luck was a little bit on his side because I feel I still feel that goblins better out, lucky than good. I guess luck was a big. No, I don't want to discredit him because he's no. obviously accomplished more than what I have within my Magic playing career. But if that game whom he had with the Landstill player. What did I say his name was? The Landstill player was Burnett. Michael. That's right, Michael Burnett, because there was some controversy with him. Controversy with him earlier in the day. But if that wouldn't have had time restrictions, if it wouldn't have light total oh, restrictions, over. Nap had Burnett had the lockdown with the yeah. Napstill deck, yeah. and it was really concerning. It, it, it just seemed like a Magic game is not supposed to end that way. It just didn't sit right with me. The thing that really bothered me is that it was a top eight. Right. Understandably, right. Swiss, perhaps. Top eight, it makes you a little bit uneasy. When you see somebody who outplayed and had a favorable matchup. But then again, like Lance said earlier today, it was announced before the top eight. What at least that's what I heard. Yeah. I'm not I'm not totally sure. And and you know what? This isn't the first time we've seen this happen. I mean, Tom the Boss Ross had no 
no business winning that tournament. He had no business. He, the Dallas he, tournament. He, yeah. he got through because his opponent made a play mistake. That was the only reason he won. I mean, he's a good player, really good deck builder. Plays John. I mean, no, not John. He plays plays his deck really well in all formats. But there's no yeah. way. It's same thing with him too. Is he? I'm sorry. But, I, I have to. I have to just like throw this out there. Do people know what price of progress is? Yeah. Do Will you, does. Yeah. Well, obviously, his name's Will Pop, right? Uh, well, okay. But like the thing is, is that like 43 lands, especially in America, like in 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 the, in the U.S., has become such a dominant force. It's and it's just like I'm gonna be an ignorant Magic player and ignore. That's everybody standing on it. It yeah, has to be, and it's so it's so weird that people just up and say, "Oh, lands." Okay, well, I guess I can have one bad match. Yeah, well, when your one bad match is in the finals of every tournament, every tournament, you you might want to start thinking about putting some cards in sideboard for it. That's the thing that bugs me because it's not that hard to hate out. There's so the hate cards that work against forty three land. Working in so many other decks, exactly, and that's like it seems. It seems lazy to me almost. I, I don't want to say it like this, but you can't. There's no way to make it sound bad that it sounds lazy. The closest thing this guy came to hate was Relic of Progenitus. Yeah, that's about it. We're gonna you're gonna cut off the life from the Lone Engine for one turn. You know, that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's it. it did he even play Relic of Progenitus at all? I think he had it in one game. I didn't get to watch the final too much because I was doing stuff around the house when I, I got home. I personally work, just didn't watch it. Like I watched part. I watched the first game. It was. And then it was. It just, was really boring seeing him cycle dredge, cycle dredge, cycle dredge. It's. But I that's mean, what the deck. Does. I know it's what the deck does, and it does it well. However, once you get to turn. 28, and he's still cycle dredge, cycle dredge, and he finally gets the mind slaver lock. I, I it's a little boring to me. Now, now, don't get me wrong; it's a good deck, and hell, I won't. I, I'll play it, mm-hmm. but um, it's just boring for me to watch. I like watching very. It was the perfect matchup for him right. too. He has like glacial chasm, and he has um. Yeah, that Pat matchup Pendervale. will obviously become the most one-sided matchup in Magic right. if the if the opponent does not have the correct eight cards. You got to remember that he has four copies of Tabernacle of Pendervale, plus he has into oh excuse me excluding intuitions like it, it, yeah. it was just like like as soon as he drops a Tabernacle, it's it, the game just goes. I don't think the plus what what I'd like to say about that deck too the lands or the lands deck. Is I don't think that Mindslaver Lock was the most uh, um, break the biggest breakthrough with the deck. I think it was the the Teleria West the Teleria Tutor West, Engine the Tormod Crypt. That it was the a Teleria West. It was a brilliant play. I agree with you. Seeing him do that was such a game changer. I don't know if it's something I I don't think we've seen in a forty three land deck. No. It's something that's going to be done. Well, it's 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 a brilliant play uh, because you don't want too many tabernacles and you don't want too many academy ruins. And what's better than a toolbox? Not a whole lot. No, no. And playing like the three virtual extra copies of each and just getting whichever one you need at the time seems perfect. He can go get an extra. He can turn one into a maze of it for blocking purposes. I don't know why he wouldn't or would just not get glacial chasm, but. It happens. It, it, it can definitely change the game through that kind of thing. Um, but um, it, it just folds to one resolved price progress, and there's nothing they can stop that from. That's why they run the Zurin Orb in the board. Right. So that way they can, they can... Did he even run Zurin Orb? Let me double check real quick. Yeah, he had one Zurin okay. Orb, so okay. you could have tutored that up with the Teleria right, West. Right, right. There's another tutor target for Teleria West. Very good. To, uh, it's it's an excellent breakthrough, and everybody was talking about the Mindslave block. That's the breakthrough. And the new tech for Iona? Caracas. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and put her back in your hand. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, so what, what else, besides... Don't want to get too much debate going on in the 43 line because there's a lot of other things that we can talk about here, even though 
Yeah. Let's. Yeah. You want to say something like Nap Still? I want to talk about. You want to talk about Nap Still? Yeah, by Michael Burnett, which is very interesting. So let's talk about Michael Burnett. He was featured two or three times throughout the entire twice. day, twice. And the first time he was featured, it was against. It was. Was it against the Goblin guy? Uh, it was against a guy playing. It was again. It may have been because yes, it was him. It it was it was a rematch. Then that's yes. interesting because in the Swiss, Michael Burnett played against the Goblins player, our state champion Nicholas, Nicholas Montekilo. Thank you. And because Burnett actually refused to shake his hand at the end of the game because the deck that Burnett was given ran was the deck from Nap. Um, What's his first I name? I can't remember his first name. But he's been playing this landstill build for years. He has the deck completely foiled out, and on his deck box it's written, do not riffle. We have those respect things within our group that if we're borrowing a person's deck, we don't riffle it, and we hand it, to, we present it for somebody to cut, we ask them politely not to riffle. And when he he did the hand-over-hand hand shuffle, hand over, which within the magic comprehensive rules is qualified as sufficient shuffle, Sufficient randomization. He then pile shuffle it. He did the hand over hand shuffle. That's that counts. He presented it to the goblin player, and the goblin player called the judge over, and because he didn't riffle it, and the guy just felt he was fishing for a win. Which still, with the whole handshake thing, I think I'd still offer the handshake just to be the better man, right, the better, right. the be- better sportsman, because you don't. Even though you are extremely taken, you felt you feel like you betrayed your friend. You know, but it just seems like to me that it would be, it would still be best to put out the hand for that. Right, and I, I don't, I don't riffle. I, I can't, I can't physically riffle. I actually can't get my fingers to do it right. And that, so that, that's a big fear of mine. Is that like, is that like somebody that doesn't know how to riffle properly can mess up my cards? Yeah, exactly. You can put a, you can put some creases in those things pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know how to do it correctly. Um. I, I know the Rangers of Eos I got off of a friend of ours were creased pretty good. Uh, from He got them from another guy and from buying a collection, and he traded me a set of Ranger of Eos. And they, and they were all nice little bend warp in them, and they had a little, some of them had a little crease marks in it. I was like, eh, but they're Ranger of Eos. Yep, you can't complain when they're, they exactly. keep going up in price. So let's talk about Michael Burnett's. Nap still, nap still, nap still, nap still. This is nap still because I think it. What makes a nap still is the isochrome scepter. Yes, it was uh, nap. I think his name's nap. I can't remember. Is it nap? I think it's nap. Okay, is it nap, James? Well, Does that sound right? It, it's his tech for the deck, and it's a brilliant tech. Uh, I, I, I haven't tested it myself yet. I, I really want to. Uh, originally, whenever I was watching the Landstill deck go, I thought it was a little, uh, a little diluted because of it. But when I looked at the deck list, the deck list looked very tight and very techy, to the point where the um, Ice Cron Scepters actually just helped so much with the card advantage. With yeah, ice, fire, and ice on an Isochron Scepter, you can burn them out. You can keep tapping, draw, 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 draw. It's uh, also, Insane. putting the swords on it, uh, which counter spell on one. The yeah. swords cost them in the end. But that's just a basic play. That is something that any player would do. Hey, look, I've got a recurring swords engine. Let's do it. It's it's not like it was a bad play. It just ended up being not in his favor through luck. And what? Yeah, we talked about that. Right, play. right. We're when, not going to go into because he kept swordsing the goblins, and that's. How he lost the game because right. his opponent had twenty-seven life at that point, and he had seven, I believe. He had to make up twenty points of damage; right. it just wasn't going to be done. Apparently, he was tilted about it. I would have been too in that situation. Yeah. Well, like, he, he he definitely like he didn't show it on the video, but like like I can only imagine the frustration that he would have went through. He hit it pretty well. You just it's bad beats. You got to show happens. you got to show good. I mean, he he showed very good poise. And just ta- taking it, they even shook hands after that one, because he knew that there was nothing he could do. It was part of what they had already laid down, and that was it. You can't, you can't really fight that. Yeah. To be fair, I do think the goblin player might have been overthinking things. 
uh, I will say yes, because there was one thing that I noticed about him was the fact that he was taking all the time in the world to think. With goblins, you do some math calculations and you play your dudes. That's how you do it. Uh, you make you play into Wrath of God because that's what the deck does. Uh, that and nobody plays Wrath. The, that and nobody plays that that heavy of um, uh, removal, like uh, wipe removal, sands, uh, fire spout, and uh, engineered explosives. Yeah, engineered explosives. And the nice thing about goblins is, is the the uh, mana costs are varied very heavily. That engineered explosives doesn't hit all of them. They're always spread out across right, the field, right? Uh, except except for meat hooks. Remember that all your all your good uh, slivers are two cost. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, let's move on to this interesting deck that they get a lot of hype. This mono black control deck that was running some stuff we haven't seen for a while. In Legacy like Neverall's disc. I haven't seen that one for a while. Neverall's disc. Neverall's disc. The Phyrexian Arena. See some playing extended in the. Markov well also um, uh, Dark Depths uses them out of sideboard to gain a little bit more card advantage and besides that it uses it uses like the best black stuff from Evergreen except for the sinkholes there's no sinkholes in here which Which was something that I was very surprised about and I even commented about that on the on the um, GG's live yeah the GG's live uh, chat that uh, I think that uh, Sinkholes would have probably found an excellent home in here. However, I understand that he wasn't going for the um, land land destruction, uh, but it is a integral part of control. It, it is, is controlling the amount of resources that people can put into their cards. Another thing he could have done is he could have played smallpox, I think. Perhaps. It, maybe. He, 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 was running, he was running a pretty high land cow. He, you know, he was already running Duress, him, Dark Rich, so he was, you know, that turn one explosive discard outlet. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, it's a, it's an addict, it's a sinkhole, and it's a card. Right. It seems pretty good. I mean, granted, you, you do it too, but then again, you're running a Tomb Stalker deck, so doesn't seem too bad to me. Right. But, again, he worked hard on this. Uh, he talks about this in his tech. Mm-hmm. They have a tech video on Star Crazy. City for it. Uh, he he actually had been building this for a few years. I think he said three. Uh, so I'm going to say that his judgment was 100 percent right for his meta game. I mean, he went undefeated in the Swiss. in the Swiss, and I'm so I am very surprised that he lost out first round of uh, top eight. Something I think he played 43 land man. Oh well, okay. <laughs> Something interesting to note though, he had. How many edict effects? He had eight edict effects, eight discard spells. Oh no, 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 no. A, you're lying. A, uh, he, had, he had twelve edict effects. One. He had he had gatekeepers. Five, eight. Yeah, eight. But I counted the gatekeepers. Oh, oh whoops! Uh, I thought he was. I playing. know what I'm I talking thought he, about. I thought he was playing like innocent bloods or something. Maybe you could put bump that up to nine off the flashback from Chainer's edict. Yeah, but it's definitely interesting. It's just maybe. It's just that if I would have built it, it would have been different. Because he had four Boguja Bog, Bogs. There's no way to put them in at instant speed to do any Narcomipa triggers. Which, he ate graveyards all day, and I saw them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even worked great against the... He played the Thopter Foundry guy round six, I believe, or round seven. Okay. Uh, and that's what I, I remembered Smutko from that that uh, match, but I didn't. I couldn't recognize his name until he started playing in the finals. I'm like, I think I've heard this guy's name. I'm pretty sure I watched him play, but I can't remember what deck he's playing. And then he started playing out the Thopter stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. I didn't know he made top eight. Who did this guy uh, play in the first round? He played um, of the top eight. I think, I th- he, played I think he played Walterek. Really? Because we Walterek were just here... came in as eighth seed. That's right, because this guy lost the first game. What did he lose the first game? He mulliganed down to six or five and ended up drawing an extra card because he lost the first game. I can't remember. He was handed a game loss. No, that was, uh, I think that was Smutko. Was. Yeah, that was Smutko. Because we, this guy was just doing what we were bitching about. He ran four Lee Line of the Voids in the sideboard, and he had the four-boot Jukabogs main deck. 
I don't see any problem with that. No, because like that's what we were talking about, and that's what we wanted somebody to do. Uh-huh. But yeah, he still couldn't beat the forty-three lane menace. Yeah, if he ended up playing, I think. One of these guys was handed the game loss. I'm not quite sure. It was, it it was, was Smutko. Smutko. You sure it was Smutko? Yeah, because... Well, go back to the main page there on the... Uh, go back to the Star City main game page I know, I'm there. I'm positive it And was just Smutko look at though, the... Because he Oh, played. they took it off the... Go down to the bottom. I think it's not the bottom. No, it was Smutko because he was playing... Um, yeah, just click click the... Um, no, click the yeah, banner there. Look up Bill Stars. Yeah. Card. Well, no, if you go down a little bit... It'll have the top yeah. eight brackets. There. There's the tie. Yeah, so Smutko played Woltrek. Yeah, and then Woltrek just he he locked him out. And who like, who and did uh, um, the mono black player play? He played Sean Gray. He never got oh, to play. Oh, so he played Mirfulan. Yeah. yeah, and that would have been a little bit. Yeah, that would have definitely been a hard matchup for him. But more on this deck, he he runs a pretty good creature shell. Um, shoot, I just uh, let me look for that mono black control. Uh, I know he ran three Tombstalkers. He ran a couple of Nighthawks. He ran three uh, um, Gatekeepers. He ran three of all of his creatures except for Shriekmaw, which he ran. Which he ran two. And then the other creature was Nantuko Shade. Yeah. Pretty good, so I hear. There's Dark Ritual to power out that first turn Gatekeeper. Or the first turn Nighthawk. Well, the first turn Gatekeeper is probably not the best play. Well, if the the opponent put down a Noble Hierarch or maybe even a Dryad Arbor. That would be yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, uh, that but, might be interesting. <laughs> he also runs. He also runs the good. He also runs the good stuff package. First turn, dark ritual duress. First your, turn. Oh yeah, first turn arenas too. But first turn, dark ritual duress, and does him to Torok three cards. Didn't he for three pl- cards. I thought he played Thoughtseize too. No, no, no just he duress. Ate this card spells. Oh, okay, all right. I did like seeing the him to Toroks. I love him to Torok, but not a lot of people play it anymore. It's like in Pox and maybe like something like this. Evergreen, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys want to talk about Team America? Can't kind of came out of the woodworks. It's something I haven't seen a whole lot of. Is this because Canadian thresholds falling in favor? This is becoming the new... I don't think. I think it was just the fact that Team America is poised to beat a zooless metagame. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's really what this tournament did was show us a metagame without Zoo. And show us that the older decks, the ones that were like pre-Zoo, could really shine in this in this metagame. So, James, where do you think the Zoo won? Uh, they were there. They just they they just had a rough showing. I mean, I mean, they're they're not going to do one hundred percent every time. Because but. there were two Merfolk decks in the top sixteen, and if Merfolk was there in any sort of abundance, you'd think Zoo would be there, right? Yeah, Indy's close enough. I mean, like, it, I, don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I would have thought that Zoo there. I mean, you can most Zoo, most religious Zoo players will tell you you never have to mulligan because you never have bad draws. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, like it's you know, so it's it seems like it's a good deck, but it just maybe maybe people were down on their luck. I mean, it happens from time to time. You can't you can't always be one hundred percent. The thing about Zoo that I've kind of noticed, and this is just kind of outside of the game, is the fact that people uh, people who are playing Zoo are uh, East or West Coast players. It just there's might be a, the Midwest. Yeah, is kind there's of. East and West Coast players play Zoo. The Midwest plays uh, a lot less aggro, and I've and I've kind of noticed that just by looking at where like. Even in Dallas, there weren't too many Zoo decks. They're just pretty much Tom Ross. You know, it might just be the typical, the East and West Coast, where the major metropolitan areas are. They usually stick what the general metagame is. It's when you get into the inner parts of the country where the cities are less less far apart, you don't have a whole lot of metagame developed. And people just, it's just not as, I don't want to say competitive, but it's not tooth and nail, because I feel like there's higher competition at Philly than what there is at Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe a little... I would say, yeah, probably. Uh, it's easier for people from all around to get to Philly because of the metro systems that come down from, right, like... Nice New York. Yeah, from New York and Boston the whole way down. Uh, you can ride the train down and be there in half a day. And that's the thing about Philly, because you get the old neutral ground players... 
You get all you get that New York City hub. You get the people from New Jersey. You get OSIP and Fabiano's group that they always come over. And it's interesting to take note because in Pittsburgh, what do we face when we go to Pittsburgh? CMU. Yeah, CMU. CMU and RIW. RIW out of Michigan comes out every once in a great while, but that's not too often. And then there's the Columbus crowd, which Columbus does have a pretty good. But I think it's also the density of players in that area because there's not a whole lot of players in the Midwest because of the density of the cities compared to on the coasts. Uh, I think more players will equal a more diverse metagame, whereas in the, in, in the center, you're going to have less players. There's going to be less need for, uh, like, the cheaper decks in Legacy. Mm-hmm. So, on to our next... What do we have? I think we probably... We've covered the, the Star one. City Games 5K pretty well. Yeah. There's one reanimator that showed up in the top yeah, We've talked about the top 16. So, nothing a whole lot of exciting. We talked about that last week. And Tomb dropped 10 bucks since it didn't have a very dropped. good... I think I think it did because it was at forty or forty five. It was at forty. Yeah, then it dropped five. So that's it, still pretty. I wouldn't even say like five, but it's it's not as like. I mean, it it it's it was just fresh off of a win, so it peaked. Goes to show you that the deck isn't unbeatable. No, it's by far unbeatable. Yeah. It, it just had that really good weekend, and people went nuts over it, and that's that's what happens. So we have next on the list, we have. Vestal Tournament. Vestal Tournament, which our one buddy went to. Seth went 3-1 and one with... What was he? He was running... 3-3. Three three. He went 3-1, and one, then he dropped two games. What was he, Merfolk? Merfolk. Yeah, he played Merfolk. So, he beat... I think he was 2-1-1 and one and one or 2-1 and one against Bant Natural Order, which is... Which that's is a good... That, well, that's supposed to be a good... Uh, um, match match for, It's a counterbalance deck, yeah. which Merfolk usually... You Counter the Natural Order. Yeah, just <laughs> your way under it. Get under, get under the counterbalance and catch, uh, counter the natural order. And according to the folks who were posting on the source, the Horizon Canopy deck it was it was a land head, it was a, a deck that filled your graveyard with lands. It was banned colors. It ran Terravore, Night of the Reliquary, Crucible of Worlds, some Horizon Canopy recursion errors to keep drawing cards. Kind of interesting. It's a little different take. It's like Agro Loam without the Loam. I don't know why you couldn't just play alone in that. <laughs> that's that's the worst thing that I can think about is why not just play alone. However, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the the creators have some reason for not playing alone, uh, and I, I would actually like to know what the what the reason was for not playing alone. It's a good question yeah. to ask. So we send that out. We send that question out to his name was Dave Price, I believe. If I yeah, was that his name? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so let's uh, let's move. Let's go to the page here where we have the deck list from the Vestial Tournament. Those of you who aren't aware, Vestials look or the Vestial Tournaments are held by Jupiter Games in Vestial, New York, and there are pretty big tournaments here for us on the East Coast for those of us who are legacy enthusiasts. So let's go over here. We have one. What does this look like? Just a ban aggro list with toolbox. Yeah, it has Sword of Fire, Ice, Sword, Lord, Sword of Light and Shadow, two Jitas. It's Stoneforge yeah. Mystic. Stone Stone Mystic. Scooter setup. It's Stoneforge Mystic is a pretty good card, so I hear. And then, uh, if Squire was printed with uh, that good of a uh, ability attached to it, I think Squire would have originally seen play as well. It's <laughs> good. And then we also have uh, Deck After Lance's Own Heart. We have Dragon Stompy. Dragon Stompy made a top eight appearance. It shows it shows that the decks that have good disruption and are keyed in on metagames can win big. And we also have Reanimator. We have a Char Belcher deck. We have natural. We have Bant Natural Order. Uh, then we have Dave Price's Horizon Canopy deck, and we have Merfolk. Another Natural Order deck. And that's it. I remember what they were calling that deck. They called it New Horizons. New Horizons. Yeah, I heard that's that. that's what they were calling the deck. It was called New Horizons. And Peter Rotten from MTG The Source wrote, after the deck list, Char Belcher, F blank, fill in the blank with your own expl- um, expletive. expletive. Was nobody playing Force of Will? 
Is that top eight in order, or is that a massive split? It it was not in order. They did post what actually happened later on, but there were like eight force or no sixteen force of wills in that top eight. I think sixteen or twenty force of wills. So that, it was rather interesting. That Belcher player better have hoped that his Xanted swarms had arrived <laughs> on time. Not just that is uh, is also going for the quick um, the quick uh, the quick throw out of Warrens. Empty the Warren jet. That's about the... That's the game plan. <laughs> That's the game plan. Put your hands together and pray. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's kind of interesting. I've, it seems like, like... It seems that, like there's a couple of, like a couple boogeyman that you're not going to be able to escape. Uh, Bant Top's one of them. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like 43 lands. It might not show up big in one tournament, but it'll come back in the next. But... Get sick and die said there was a bunch of forces at the event. He said he had no idea how Belcher made top eight. So the Belcher player may have, I don't want to say been a luck sack, but he may have had some favorable dice rolls that day. I will just say one thing. If if Belcher plays to its highest ability, it is close to unstoppable. It's not consistent enough to get that. What, what I'm ability. saying is that if it plays to, that's a big if. Do you see the big if that I'm putting right here? It's like it's like at least ten stories high. <laughs> That's a big if. Uh, That's almost as big as your fro. It's not. It's not big right now. It's actually quite small. But I do want to get it cut here soon. I am not bringing back the fro. I never will. Let me get one of those. So guess what place the Char Belcher deck got? What fifth? Hey, he, 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 he lost in first round. He must yeah, have had the best tiebreakers out of them all. That's that's still interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> but uh, still, but still, you know, getting there with a bunch of force of wills around you, that's pretty good. The guy must have really knew how to mulligan with the deck because it pretty much plays itself after that. He must have known how to sideboard. Yeah, that's something Char Belcher players always struggle with it. They don't know how to um, sideboard correctly. It's going to run them into some big problems. But if you guys want to see more on this event, Jupiter Games will have the coverage up on their website, jupitergames.net. They said here they will have some coverage up there. And looks like the next big legacy tournament won't be until July. That's going to be cool then because July is going to hold a lot of big things for us. If If we want to use that as a stepping stone for uh, it's after for Columbus. Columbus. Oh, it is. It's the 20th. no. July's July thirty first is Columbus. Really? July thirty first and August first is Columbus. Well, in that case, well, we might be making a trip up the Vestio in New York that day. Yeah. I think we should. I think we should take a lot of time and just work on our work on our decks with it. Uh, I mean, I've been I've been practicing a little bit on. Workstation, but not a whole lot. Right now, extend has been on our minds for Philly. Yeah, unfortunately, you know that's. But nobody, I don't think anybody really loves extended a whole lot. They just play it because it's a PTQ format. I just want to play Magic. Yeah, that's tr- people will play it because it's Magic. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Yeah, there is some disheartening things though that come out of Philly. Uh, we, uh, who is that? Who is that person you played that? Uh, from Grand Prix Columbus, the zoo player. Oh, Brian Six, the or he he top aided Chicago, never playing Legacy before. Top aided Chicago, uh, real nice guy, real fun guy to play. Uh, playing what was the precursor to the 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 regular Zudex now. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's kind of disheartening to watch people like. Because, uh, you know, in talking to him, he's like, you know, he didn't even really seem like... He was like, it was like he's treating Legacy the same way we do Extended. And he's yeah. just like, oh, I was just it, playing Magic. It's Magic. It's Magic to play. Uh, however, he did express interest in the format. Uh, yeah. He just said he just doesn't get a lot of chance to play it. It's yeah. funny to notice, though, that how when you go to these events... I was talking to a bunch of people, and they were talking about how much... They love Legacy more than anything else. So this really is a movement of the whole Magic community towards 1.5. But there is also those players, like, I had said something about playing Legacy, and there are players that will just turn their nose up right in front of you. Uh, There was, whenever I was talking to Brian about playing in such a big Legacy tournament, 
uh, I had asked if anybody else played Legacy at the table, and the guy right next to me said I would never want to play Legacy. There's Ever. still the there's always going to be the misconception, but there's less and less of it. Uh-huh. There's less. Of, I, I I do think it's minimizing. I think that no matter what you're going to do, you're going to have ignorant players, and that's the way I look at those people. They're like. I can't play in Legacy. There's zero cost counter spells. That's really unfair. And you know, and then it's like, well, that's great. I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of diversity in Legacy. You know, I mean, there's diversity coming to standard, and ex- I guess kind of extended too, if you call Zoo metagame diverse. <laughs> but like, Zoo and combo. But. Yeah, like I mean, like you you have to be open to other things. I mean, it's understandable to be skeptical about it at first, but. If you don't ever go out there, you're just going to be stuck in a rut. Yeah, so standard cards are really easy to get. Um, I can definitely tell you that my Force of Will is ten times better than any Bane Slayer, any Jace the Mind Sculptor. And when you have Force of Will, and it'll still be played 20 years from now? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You know, Bane Slayer probably won't be seen played 20 years from now. A lot of those cards won't be seen play 20 years from now. Because the creature creep is going to give us a 5-5 five, five with all those abilities for two mana. But so. there will never be another Force of Will in Standard. So exactly. that's just something to keep in mind. We are coming up on one hour here, so I think we are going to shut it down. Is that okay with you guys? Hey, that's fine with me. Because fine. we really don't have anything to talk about. There's, we'll shut down the random segment for this week. But our question to you, everybody listening to this, we do need a lot more feedback it's okay, we did get some feedback last time, but it was only like two or three things. So we'd like a lot more. Let us know what you want. That's the big thing that we're going for right now, I think. Because we can't conjure up all these ideas. Do you want us to do some deck techs? What other topics do you want us to go over? It'd be a great it'd be a great big help if you could do that for us. Because legacy there's no big legacy tournaments every week like there's big standard tournaments every week or other big tournaments every week. So we need to keep something that's going to keep things running to keep us in between those tournaments. The 10Ks are helping out with that, but it's not going to be everything. Yeah. Uh, However, there is something that um, uh, I would like to say is that um, Wizards has announced that they are bringing Legacy to online. Meadow, yeah. So there might be a little bit more to talk about each week now that there's going to be daily... And uh, premiere events done in the legacy format online, but that's no excuse. We still want feedback. Yeah, oh, that is no <laughs> excuse. We do want to hear from you guys still. That would make things. That so is much something easier for that us. I think we'll talk about later in, in a later episode. Is bringing the legacy community to online, which is going to happen because right now all we have is workstation, and we've read some of the stories on beating your head against the wall with MWS and the source forms, and it's. Hilarious! It's funny, but those are the problems you run into when you run an interactive format on Magic Workstation. You don't have a level five judge watching your games all the time like you do on Modo, which is really neat. Well, that's why I actually only test with quote unquote competent people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's ways around that, but yeah, give us some feedback. We'd really like to know what you want. That would be great. That'd be greatly appreciated. Would we like to? Go over how you can get a hold of us, Lance. You want to uh, give your usernames? Yeah, Elkhive one pretty much everywhere, including the source on uh, Magic the Gathering online and on Workstation, and SaberX on uh, Salvation. Salvation. James? Um, Kevin Van Oldman 689 on everything GG's Live, Workstation, Modo, Source, Magic Salvation. Um, yeah. So Kaiba Man one one six eight nine. Yeah, right? I played Yu Gi Oh before I played Magic. Well, I just wanted to, just so. Yeah, because you kind of mumbled, mumbled it. it. That it happens. Yeah. That's okay. And me, Jason, you can get a hold of me through the Teague T H E T E E G. You can get a hold of me on Magic MTG Salvation through that name MTG the Source with that name GG's Live. I actually had a little conversation with two of our listeners the podcast that construct I talked to him a little bit and I talked to Yaron a little bit too on Gigi's Live which was pretty neat and also what else did we what else did I say Is that, I think that's all that I'm on uh, uh, MTG Salvation MTG The Source uh, and Moto I'm The Teak 89 all I really do right I've been testing Landfall Boros on Airlock for Extended lately that's about all 
maybe I'll if I do well in some constructed extended events, do some drafting as well once I get some tickets one from that. So I think that's about it. Oh, so, by the way, your own we dropped your name again. So good cool. for you. Good sauce. Anyhow, <laughs> and Erte, we'll just drop Erte. Oh yeah. Okay. Time. Yeah. And one other thing for the podcast itself, you can get a hold of us individuals. Buddy S on Moto, we always, you know, or do whatever. But on the get in touch with the podcast group as a whole, we have the Legacy Hardware fan page on Facebook.com. We have Legacy Hardware at Twitter.com. Legacy Hardware at MTGcast.com. That is our email account. And what else do we have? I think that's everything. That's it. So those are the ways you can get a hold of us. That's the way you can leave feedback. We really liked you. Hope the episode. We really hope you liked the episode. You're getting you're getting, getting better. Uh, uh, dyslexic again there. That's what happens at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, me? yeah. So yeah, as much feedback as possible. Let us know what you think we can do better to help serve the legacy community. To really let people know that it is so many people's favorite format and the reason why it is so. So let us know how we can make it better the best serve you guys. So, James, Lance, and Jason, signing off.